New Jersey Devils nearly blew a 5-1 to lead, but they were able to squeak out the victory against the reigning Stanley Cup champs. And Dawson Mercer continues to turn a lot of heads. We have a lot to talk about in today's episode of Locked on Devils. Buckle up, everybody. You're Locked on Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked on Devils with Trey Matthews. All righty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on Locked On Network. I'm your host, college hockey play-by-play announcer, Devils Ride for Pucks and Pitchforks, and also part-time credential media member, Trey Matthews. So this game against the Colorado Avalanche was the dictionary definition of a barn burner because the New Jersey Devils were able to score seven goals and the Colorado Avalanche were able to score five goals. But it's worth mentioning that this was on the brink of being a blowout. Because the New Jersey Devils were up 5-1 to one at one point, and they allowed the Colorado Avalanche to claw their way back into the game, cut the lead to one. Then the New Jersey Devils were able to score once again. It's 6-4. to four. Then the Colorado Avalanche were able to score once again in period number three, 6-5. to five. And then, thanks to Nico Heischer, the New Jersey Devils were able to get the empty netter goal. So we're going to talk about what went right for the New Jersey Devils because the offensive execution was poetry in motion. It was pitch perfect. And... Like I said, the New Jersey Devils, you can't take away from the fact that they scored seven goals in back-to-back outings because they were able to thrash the Philadelphia Flyers in their previous outing by a score of seven to nothing, and they repeated it against the reigning Stanley Cup champion, Colorado Avalanche. However, Vitek Vanacek wasn't really sharp in between the pipes, and for like a two-minute span, the New Jersey Devils played one of their worst brands of hockey throughout the entirety of the season. Bill Spaulding and Ken Danico acknowledged it on air. But before we get into all that, let me give some pregame notes. Like, here was uh, my thought pattern going into the matchup. So I want I was curious. I wanted to see how the New Jersey Devils were going to respond after the Timo Meyer frenzies. Now, here's the thing. The New Jersey Devils have been making headlines the past couple of days because they landed probably one of, if not the biggest name available in the trade market in Timo Meyer. Obviously, I've been covering it on this show for the past few days, and it's definitely an exciting time for New Jersey Devils. But I was curious to see how the players would respond because obviously with uh, that big of a news piece, you just can't help but think, how are the New Jersey Devils going to respond to this? Are they going to uh, just continue and and act like everything is normal and it's just business as usual in a sort of sense, just because I, I was afraid that they would get distracted by all the media, all the attention, all the hype, because let's face it, the New Jersey Devils have greatly increased their odds of possibly going to the Stanley Cup Finals and maybe winning it because they were able to land a huge asset. So I was going to see how they responded to that. Were they going to get distracted by that? Were they going to get derailed by that? Are they going to uh, just try to coast their way during these next couple games until Timo Meyer is ready to put on a Devils uniform, suit up, and actually participate in the game? Right now he's in a no-contact practice jersey, so he's not ready to return quite yet. Still day-to-day, but that was question number one I had for New Jersey Devils. Now, question number two. I know the Colorado Avalanche are not the same team as they were last year, and obviously they've been dealing with some injuries. Kale McCarr did not suit up in this game. He was a scratch due to concussion-like symptoms, and uh, the Colorado Avalanche going into this matchup, nonetheless, were on a six-game win streak. And during those six games, the Colorado Avalanche were able to score the first goal of the game 
rather quickly. So it's just like you you can't help but think like, can the New Jersey Devils be the first team to answer and just try to uh, carry the momentum throughout the entirety of the game? Can Danico and Bill Spaulding acknowledge it on air because they were like, for the New Jersey Devils, you can't allow the Colorado Avalanche to have any sort of momentum because no pun intended. If you give them any momentum, I know they're named the they're named the Avalanche. So, like I said, no pun intended, but it's all downhill from there. So, uh, the New Jersey Devils unfortunately did fall victim to it in period number two, but it didn't come back to bite them. So that those were some of the questions I had going into the matchup, which was New Jersey Devils were they going to get distracted by the Timo Meyer? Uh, saga obviously it's a good thing I'm glad that Timo Meyer is a New Jersey Devil but I was just curious to see how the New Jersey Devils would respond to it Colorado Avalanche are on a six game win streak and they they score rather quickly to begin uh, their more recent games but the New Jersey Devils they were able to answer on first thanks to Andre Pilat and it was first a good four check by Jesper Bratton then he set up Andre Pilat beautifully so Here's the thing for Andre Pilat. I think he is going to be a good player on the third line for New Jersey Devils once Timo Meyer is added back into the lineup. So the thing I have for Andre Pilat is that I just want him to be a solid role player and he's getting back into the swing of things and he's becoming that player that I knew he was capable of being when we initially signed him. So I was like, he doesn't need to put up big numbers, but he needs to be there for us when it matters most, especially come the playoffs. So this game, that's exactly what I want to see from Andre Pilat. He's been in this situation before, so be the first one to strike first into your opponent, especially when your opponent in their last few games have shown a good track history of striking first. Hopefully I didn't confuse anyone with that analogy, but digressing a little bit, I just loved uh, Andre Pilat answering on first and putting the New Jersey Devils up, and then the second goal of the game for the New Jersey Devils came at the hands of of Nathan Bashan, and it, it, it looked like it was in danger of being waved off because uh, first the referees weren't sure if it actually uh, found the back of the net, so they looked at the replay. Then moments later, the Colorado Avalanche challenged the call because they wanted to see if it was maybe goalie interference, so I didn't see how it warranted goalie interference because, yes, Nathan Bashan was uh, batting away at it on the leg pads uh, of the goalie. However, the puck was still loose, or maybe they thought Michael McLeod got in the way, but nonetheless, it, it became 2 nothing New Jersey Devils, and uh, that was actually big for players like Nathan Bashan and Miles Wood because the last few weeks we've been talking about how much they've been struggling, and now just any sort of point production from them will be a good thing because I really want to see the BMW line thrive once again because if you guys recall during our 13 game win streak those band of outcasts they were the reason why or they were one of the reasons why the new jersey devils were so successful it was a line that you kind of slept on but they had that great uh grit and determination they had that overall great impact in helping the new jersey devils win games and they helped with the overall depth so i need to see that once again especially if the new jersey devils want to make a deep playoff run but what stole the show for new jersey devils was Dawson Mercer, and also Dougie Hamilton. So let's start with Dougie Hamilton. So Dougie Hamilton was able to score once again for the New Jersey Devils, and he has been a great uh, comeback story for the New Jersey Devils because last year he did deal with that facial fracture. He was also dealing with some other stuff, so he missed a significant amount of time. People were writing him off, and when NHL released their top 20 defensemen in the league, he was left off the list. But Dougie Hamilton has now tied Scott Stevens for most goals by a New Jersey Devils defenseman with 18 and obviously with plenty of games left 
uh, remaining in the regular season, he is going to break Scott Stevens' record. So hats off to Dougie Hamilton. Great comeback story. He is the epitome of an offensive-minded defenseman. And that's what you want to see. And that, and I love that Dougie Hamilton it has this comeback story. He's an X-factor on the roster. So Dougie Hamilton, he deserves a lot more credit as to why the New Jersey Devils have been so successful this year. And his comeback story is nothing short but of amazing. And even if his defense isn't there at times, his offense certainly makes up for it. So Dougie Hamilton, great contributor this season for Devils. And that's why Tom Fitzgerald locked him up long term. Now, before I talk about Dawson Mercer and the significance of his goal later on in the game, I want to give some credit toward his, his line mates of Thomas Shatar and Nico Heischer because both of them were able to have a great day at the office, but obviously Dawson Mercer stole the show. So Thomas Shatar was able to score in period number one to extend the New Jersey Devils lead to three to nothing. And it was a beautiful tic-tac-toe play drawn up by Nico Heischer and Dawson Mercer. So there's production uh, right there from that line. And then later on in the game, obviously I'll get to Dawson Mercer's goal momentarily, but Nico Heischer was able to get the empty netter goal. And who had the primary assist? It was Tomas Shatar. And who had the secondary assist? It was Dawson Mercer. So I know we've been talking about, like, where is Timo Meyer going to slide in when uh, he is ready to go? But as acknowledged on air and as acknowledged throughout the entirety of the Devils fan base, I don't think you could split up that line of Tomas Shatar, Dawson Mercer, and Nico Heischer. They have great chemistry. They are clicking on all cylinders. So unless they completely crash and burn or they fizzle out, keep that line together by any means necessary. Now, we're going to talk about the player of the game, and that is Dawson Mercer and his wonderful season momentarily. But before we continue, I want to tell you guys about Indeed. So if you're hiring, you need Indeed because Indeed is the hiring partner where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. And Indeed is only job site where you're guaranteed to find quality applications that meet your must-have requirements or else you don't pay. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites hoping to find candidates with the right skills, you need one powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all. Indeed partners with you on every step of the hiring process. Find great talent through time-saving tools like Indeed, instant match assessments, and virtual interviews. So start hiring right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash locked on. Offer valid through March 31st. Go to Indeed.com slash locked on to reclaim your $75 credit before March 31st. Indeed.com slash locked on. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And now I want you guys to make some extra cash. So you know the drill. You need to head over to FanDuel right now. So the midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drain. So once again, you guys know what to do. Head over to FanDuel and also visit our friends at Locked On Bets for all your betting needs there as well. Please remember to gamble responsibly. Okay, so let's talk about the player of the game, and that is Mr. Dawson Mercer. So here's the thing. Before we talk about Dawson Mercer's goal, let me tell you why it was so significant of him to get this goal. Because I said it at the beginning of the show. The New Jersey Devils demonstrated probably some of their worst two minutes of hockey 
throughout the entirety of the season because once again they were up five to one at one point and they allowed the Colorado Avalanche to claw back into the game. So what happened? Uh, Devils are up five to four. The Colorado Avalanche have all the momentum. And speaking of momentum, Can Danico acknowledged this when uh, Nathan McKinnon was able to score to close out period number one. He was like, the New Jersey Devils, they need to score in the next period because otherwise it's going to go uh, shift all the way towards Colorado and they are going to win the game. He gave that warning to New Jersey Devils and they were able to answer on back momentarily in period number two. But then once again, just that two-minute span, Vitek Vancek wasn't really sharp in between the pipes and it looked like that the New Jersey Devils were destined to blow a huge lead and blow this game wide open and come away on the losing end. But who was able to score and continue his goal streak? It was Dawson Mercer. And Dawson Mercer uh, was it was set up beautifully by Ryan Graves. So Ryan Graves was able to go below the goal line, send it off to Mercer, and Mercer let off a beautiful shot. I know I wasn't really posting consistently the last couple of weeks, so I wasn't really giving credit where credit was due. But Dawson Mercer, he is he net his twentieth goal of the year. Yes, you heard me correctly. I wasn't even aware of that. So. Adam Hamway, who's the PA announcer for New Jersey Devils, he tweeted out saying Dawson Mercer has scored his 20th goal of the season. And also Dawson Mercer has extended his goal streak to seven straight games. That actually breaks a New Jersey Devils franchise record. So Dougie Hamilton tied a franchise record. But tonight, Dawson Mercer broke a franchise record. Here's a fun fact for you guys, courtesy of Devils PR. Mercer extended his goal streak to seven games to tie McDavid, Kaprizov, and Drysdale for longest run by any player during the 2022-2023 season. So that's some elite company for Dawson Mercer. And he, like I said, he's just showcasing his talents during these last few weeks for the Devils. Dawson Mercer has been phenomenal. And as said on air, the San Jose Sharks were inquiring about the services of Dawson Mercer and Tom Fitzgerald said no. Now, I'm going to be completely honest with you guys. A few weeks ago, I did put out a poll, and I did put out a question. I was like, would you consider trading Dawson Mercer on a one-for-one -one kind of deal uh, that gets us Timo Meyer? Because you get Timo Meyer, but at the same time, you do have to sacrifice somebody. And if it's not going to be Shimon Nemetz, if it's not going to be Luke Hughes, maybe it has to be Dawson Mercer. A majority of you overwhelmingly said no. You said you would not give up Dawson Mercer. And I must admit, I was a little confused. I was like, but Timo Meyer is the more established NHL player, but Dawson Mercer has a lot of potential. But I was just like, okay, but do you still want Timo Meyer or not? But uh, obviously fast forward a little later, and we didn't even have to give up any of those players I just listed, plus a few others. But Dawson Mercer, I can see why Tom Fitzgerald said no, because his potential is through the roof. Last year, he was the only Devils player to suit up in all 82 games. So I said Dawson Mercer was a dog. I said he was tough as nails. I said he has a lot of upside. I just wanted to see more consistency, and he was able to answer that and more. He, he has gone above and beyond, and he has gone from X-Factor type of player to now having a suitable role in which we need him come playoff time. Like, it's dire that Dawson Mercer performs down the stretch. And Dawson Mercer has done that and more. He has been phenomenal. And quite honestly, if you were to tell me at the beginning of the year to guess someone who, who would get like seven straight goals 
and break a franchise record nonetheless? I probably would have said maybe Jack Hughes or Nico Heischer played a little safe, but Dawson Mercer, I wouldn't have expected that. So Dawson Mercer, he has been excellent. And quite honestly, like I said, I, I know you really want to pair Timo Meyer next to his buddy, but at the same time, we cannot break up Dawson Mercer, Nico Heischer, or Tomas Tatar. And once again, I talked about Ryan Gray setting up Dawson Mercer on that shot attempt. Well, Tomas Tatar was able to get the secondary assist. So Tomas Tatar had a huge points day. Nico Heischer, he had a huge points day. And Dawson Mercer, for the first time in his career, was able to get four points. So despite the New Jersey Devils looking like that they were going to blow a 5-1 to one lead. I always talk about how the two-goal lead is the worst lead in hockey. I would have never guessed that the New Jersey Devils would have blown a four-goal lead, uh, even if it is to the reigning Stanley Cup champions. Because I'm just like, the offense is there. You just got to make a few stops. And speaking of which, they didn't really in this game. Now, I know Dawson Mercer is the first star of the game, and he's the MVP of this matchup. But I like I, what, what's the one thing I always say? Give credit where credit is due. And I got to give credit to Akira Schmidt because – in this game for Vitek Vanacek, it wasn't a good performance. And he looked a little shaky, and it was the right decision by Lindy Ruff to pull him from the game in period number three and replace him with the likes of Akira Schmidt. And Akira Schmidt stepped up big time. He made a lot of great A saves. He faced, like, what, like nine or ten shots, and he was able to stop all of them. So Vitek Vanacek, it just wasn't his night. And unfortunately, the last few games – for Vitek Vancek, so I'm looking at the LA Kings game. I'm looking at the Montreal Canadiens game. Vitek Vancek hasn't really looked all that sharp as of late, but his worst is still better than most people's best. But I'm not trying to let him off the hook because, let's face it, if this was Mackenzie Blackwood in this case, people would just be talking about it for a couple weeks nonstop, saying, get rid of Blackwood. He sucks. He's not worth it, whatever the case might be. And I got to do the same for Vitek Vancek. Maybe not to that extent, but Vitek Vancek has been horrendous in this game. And his last few games hasn't been all that good either. But I think the fatigue is starting to catch up to Vitek Vancek just a little bit. I know he didn't play in the previous game against the Philadelphia Flyers, but still he's been putting on a lot of mileage. He's been carrying the team on his back, especially when Mackenzie Blackwood went down uh, earlier this year, and now <laughs> Mackenzie Blackwood is is down with an injury once again, which is why Akira Schmidt is back. But uh, the I, I've been seeing questions float around saying, is Akira Schmidt ready to be thrusted into the backup role? Like, uh, come playoff time, should we run with the tandem of Vitek Vanacek and Akira Schmidt? Now, I'm going to respectfully say no, and here's why. It's not because I doubt uh, Akira Schmidt's playing ability. It's just that I don't want to add too much pressure on him. I don't want to rush him. There's no need to rush him. Mackenzie Blackwood is still solid. Yes, he has his moments of uh, not being good. But I think for the most part this season, I think Mackenzie Blackwood has just been somewhat unlucky because he makes a lot of saves. But unfortunately, uh, the defense in front of him can't help him out. So I, I, I think that's a little unfair on his end. So for Akira Schmidt, he's been great. And he, did, and he did a phenomenal job of coming up clutch for Devils when they were in desperate need of a stop. Because once again, uh, the reason why they won by two goals was because they got the empty netter. So after Vitek Vancek allowed his fifth goal of the game, Lindy Ruff pulled them. Akira Schmidt comes in. So the Devils are only up by a single goal. Now, I have spoken to Akira Schmidt in the past before, and he does admit that sometimes he gets a little nervous when he's put into 
peculiar situation. So he said, for example, when uh, he was given the call like mid-afternoon to come to the Devils organization and he was given the start because of certain circumstances that uh, that slipped my mind. But nonetheless, he, he admitted that he was a little nervous and that's to be expected. He's still young. He's still developing. And last year, Akira Schmidt wasn't good at all. Now this year, he has taken leaps and bounds of improvement and he has impressed me in more ways than one. Same with Vitek Vancheck. So Akira Schmidt, he has a lot of potential. He has a lot of upside. He's been performing really well this season, but I don't want to put too much pressure on him. Like, let's take our time with Akira Schmidt. We have something special in him, but let's not rush it, okay? But still a great overall effort from the New Jersey Devils. Wasn't pretty, especially during that two-minute span in period number two, but they got the job done and they squeaked out the victory. So like I do with every post-game recap, Let's compare the stats, and then I will give the New Jersey Devils a letter grade. So, shots on goal differential, 31 to 29 in favor of the Avalanche. Face-off percentage tied 50% apiece. Power play, Devils were one for two, thanks to Miles Wood. So, once again, I talked about how Miles Wood, that BMW line, I want to see them getting it going just a little bit. And prior to Miles Wood's power play goal, the Devils were two of their last 19 on the man advantage. So, uh, thank God they got Timo Meyer because Timo Meyer has 13 power play goals this season, which I believe is tied for seventh best in the entire NHL. So Timo Meyer will be a breath of fresh air on the power play unit for the New Jersey Devils. So once again, congratulations to Miles Wood for getting the power play goal. Much needed for him because let's face it, we've been uh, riding him really hard these last few weeks just because uh, he hasn't really stepped up his game. He's put up nothing but zeros, but the last few weeks or so, he's starting to get it just a little going, just a little bit. He's shaking off the cobwebs just a little bit. So digressing a little bit, Devils were able to get a power play goal, and they put the Avalanche into one power play opportunity, but that was mostly because the Devils uh, challenged on a on a play to see if it was offsides when the Colorado Avalanche scored their fifth goal of the game. So that's why they did a delay of game uh, penalty. So Devils were able to kill it off 0 for 1. And then uh, hits 23 to 13 in favor of the Avalanche, blocks 17 to 16 in favor of the Devils, giveaways 8 to 6 in favor of the Avalanche. So if I had to rate this game for a Devils, see, if they just let up like two or three less goals, I'd say this is like an A or high B kind of game. But since they played that god awful two minutes of hockey, I don't know if I'm comfortable of giving them an A or even a high B. I'm going to, but. Then again, the offense was great. The, the offense has not skipped a beat. Their special teams was, was good. Obviously, small sample size, but still able to capitalize. Like I said, penalty kill for the Devils was successful. And then the power play, they were able to get a power play goal. Um, Vitek Vancek wasn't sharp in between the pipes. But then again, you see Dougie Hamilton. You see Dawson Mercer. They're able to uh, uh, rack up some franchise achievements. So, it's hard to say. The offense was there. Defense and goaltending, uh, okay. Let me think. I'm going to have to give the Devils a B-. I'll give them a B-. Just, I, I can't give them a C just because, like I said, the offense was there, and they were on the verge of playing some uh, one of their best brands of hockey throughout the entirety of the season. Unfortunately, that, that two-minute span in period number two just killed them. But they got off to a good start in period number one. Yes, they let up a goal to Nathan McKinnon. I kind of saw it coming because McKinnon was playing aggressive throughout the entire of period number one, like he was yearning for that goal. 
Period number two, not good, but they were able to finish off pretty strong. Period number three looked a little uh, unpromising, but Akira Schmidt came in, stepped up his game, and then you see Nico Heischer able to get the empty netter to put the game to bed. So being biased for the Devils, and um, it's against the reigning Stanley Cup champions, and they squeaked out the victory. A win is a win, and I will take it any day of the week and twice on Sunday. So let me know what you guys think in the comment section. What did you think about this overall effort from the Devils? What have you been uh, liking about Dawson Mercer, Dougie Hamilton, and a lot of those other players? And um, what are your expectations going forward, especially with Timo Meyer set to join uh, the roster sooner rather than later? So still day-to-day, but I can't wait until he actually suits up in a game for the Devils. So as for today's episode, guys, that's all the time I have for you. So thanks for listening. Continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Go Devils. I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening once again.